Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello again, pet lovers, and thank you for tuning in for our latest episode of Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. I am Dr. Karen Lewis, practicing veterinarian in the St. Louis area. With me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Dr. Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian in Florida. How are you today? Tonight. Tonight. I'm doing very well this evening, Karen. I'm very happy for your wonderful weather you're enjoying up there. Oh, our weather's better than Florida right now, guys, so just throwing that out there. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> well, good for you. I'm happy for you. The groundhog was wrong. Um, <laughs> the uh, interesting, in our little preliminary discussions, tonight we're going to talk about, our original plan was talk about ACL tears or CCL tears in, in dogs. Very, very, I would say, involved topic. And we happened to get some, some mail tonight, and you just happened to write an article about this very topic. So I think to me, this is sort of divine serendipity. We, our topic was chosen for us. Yeah. What are the odds that I just published an article today on tapeworms, and he checks the mail, and it's about tapeworms? I was like, well, tapeworms are written in the stars. We got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a rather cute email. Um, this young lady seems uh, a bit concerned that uh, there she's got this chronic recurring tapeworm problem with her two indoor cats which is she finds unusual and I can understand why because this particular one she's describing is dipolidium caninum also known as the flea tapeworm so obviously it's fleas are an issue there and indoor cats you don't necessarily expect a flea infestation is going to lead to chronic tapeworm infestations but I guess her concern is that she could potentially get it from her cats and she's having this problem. So this is probably, I would say in practice, the most common one we come across. Was that the same case for you, Karen? Yeah. And I think it's the most frustrating. Um, let me tell you a story. This was in my blog article too, but before I ever went to vet school, I had just adopted this dog and, um, was walking her. She pooped. I saw the tapeworm segments in the poop, did not know what they were. And anyone who's ever seen tapeworm segments in poop will never forget it because they like, they're small and they're white. They kind of like writhe in and out of the poop. They don't just sit there. I mean, like, it is freaky. They're moving. It is. It freaks people out. So I was like, okay, this is not cool. So I called my vet, brought a poop sample up there and said, oh, my gosh, here, find out what this is. Didn't describe it or anything, just said find out what this is. Well, apparently the way we do, we vets do a fecal test is we don't, we're not visually looking at the poop. What we're doing is putting it through a process, um, we put it in a very specific solution where it separates out the different eggs. We put it in a centrifuge to separate it out even more. And we're looking for eggs that are shed, um, eggs from every other parasite. Well, the thing is, tapeworms don't release eggs. So what happens is you get this negative fecal. And so I just saw these worms in my dog's poop. I'm freaking out. The lab tech comes out and says, the fecal is negative. There's no parasites. I'm like, right. no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, this conversation goes all the time. And so um, – so what I tell people whenever they have they're seeing tapeworms is okay the fecal might be negative but I believe you, <laughs> right? Because it's so bad. I'm sure you have that happen all the time too. Oh yeah, and it's so it's so um it's so hallmark too. I mean, when they describe it, yep, I know what it is, you know. Yep. And and I used to send it out for fun. I send out all my fecals. Um, we yeah, did the math, we'll figured now. out the tech time versus sending them to Antec, the lab that we use. It actually was more cost effective to send them out. And 
they were supposed to do a visual test as part of their service. And I'd actually stuff them in sometimes with the live tapeworms in them <laughs> and just laugh when I got back the negative and I would show them my medical notes. Excuse me, look at this. Interestingly, over time, they've they've actually started to actually find them on a macro. Oh, basis. but you know what? They sent out an email, I guess it was a couple of years ago, saying, um, new fecal policy, whenever you submit a fecal, please note if anything was visually observed by the owner. I'm like, so we're doing a job for you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. really, guys? Thanks. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Um, but it is what it is. And luckily, you know, when it comes to tapeworms, we know better. So who wants to get into the fun part of the pathophysiology of diplodium canidum so we can ease this young lady's discomfort oh yeah well so what i when i'm talking the people off the ledge you know after they're like okay i'm not crazy the, the, the poop was negative which means we still want to do a fecal when we see tapeworm segments because we want to know if tapeworms have friends okay <laughs> um, if the tapeworm didn't have friends it's just a tapeworm okay cool and then the next the next question is oh my gosh am i gonna get this and my kids gonna get it you know, is my hamster going to get it? So, um, and I can tell you, under normal circumstances, you will not get it. And what do they mean normal? I'm like, well, if you eat fleas or if you're going to go eat a raw mouse, you might get tapeworms. And then they're like, oh, so I'm good. <laughs> so, because I say yes. So, as gross, they're like a 10 on the grossness scale. But in terms of, you can like rub them all over your body and you won't get tapeworms. Right. So, I wouldn't suggest it just because that would make you weird, but you could. <laughs> <laughs> Don't advise going to do that. Um, and the um, the interesting thing about them is, you know, they they don't do a, really a ton of damage in the short term. You know, it's like long term, a little bit of ill thrift, a little poor haircut quality, but not the most dangerous thing in the world. Certainly something you want to get rid of. But, you know, the, the, the sense of panic, I, I, I often ease the clients and let them know, listen, it's not the end of the world. First of all, it takes one injection to get rid of it. But really the key here, and I think the main point we want to drive home is the flea control. Mm -hmm. And this particular owner who sent the email, and let me just uh, give her some props real quick. I'm going to say her first name and where she's from. And of course, I just lost the email. There it is. Uh, her name is Lauren. I won't go any further. Florence, South Carolina. Thank you for emailing in, taking the time to do that. And, oh, in South um, Carolina, you're going to have more fleas than we are up here. So certainly. that's interesting. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. And um, so she had switched from Advantage 2, and she actually mentioned the fact that she heard, she's heard me on the air. I don't know if I've said it to you. I've been saying it for years that Advantage yes. 2, is, it's, I've been told by owners, it, it seems like it's almost an aphrodisiac for the fleas. It virtually does nothing for actually, at least the fleas here in Florida. they fleas here. They like look at, look at you and laugh when you put that on. They're like, ha, 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 ha. Good luck with that. <laughs> and I imagine they're kind of the same in South Carolina, I'm guessing. You know, they don't get the same yeah. kill off. Uh, but, but really, that's the key. So she didn't really um, discuss uh, what she switched to. So why don't we give some suggestions for people with this problem? It's recurring. What do you like, Dr. Karen? Oh, yeah. Well, um, for cats and dogs, um, dogs, there are a ton of new products out there now that are oral, fleantic, which is nice. Um, cats, there's less options. Um, for dogs, I, I love my the one my practice carries now is Brevecto. It's a three month pill, super delicious. It's you do one pill, fleas and ticks dead, three months done, boom. For cats, they 
came out. They came out with Perfecto, but then nobody could get it for a while. Um, do you have it in your clinic now, Dr. Roger? No, they're about to relaunch a topical shortly. And... Yeah, because one of the clinics I filled in at just got it literally two days ago, mm-hmm. the topical for cats. Right. Very um, exciting. But it's 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 expensive, but one tube lasts three months. So if you look at it that way and compare it to the other products, it's kind of comparable. So this is a new exciting one. It's a whole new drug. There's other new drugs out there for cats. Um, uh, and honestly, I haven't. I've kept up on but um, Cheristin and Catigo or two. I believe the active ingredients of those in those is fipronil, which is frontline. But they have other additives to them, so those are other good options for you too that I have heard of people using. Um, and then Revolution. Um, do you use that down there much for fleas? The, you know, it's not effective enough against fleas. I do like the product. I love the concept of it because you got your internal external parasite control plus heartworm. Obviously, the that's a big problem here. Yeah. Um, I find that it is too ineffective against fleas for people who have flea problems. Yeah, is, I found, even okay. up here I found that. Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Not just a Florida well, issue. If they have like a major infestation up here, sometimes we can still use a front line the advantage and do okay. Um, and I've had some – I love Revolution as a preventative, but it doesn't play catch-up very well. Right. That's what I tell people. <laughs> so. no, that's a great analogy. Uh, I, but I would say right now, currently available on the market, Cherisin's my favorite for cats. Um, okay. It is, um, it's a spinosad analog. So spinosad is the active ingredient in Trifexis for dogs. Trifexis mm-hmm. is the all-in-one heart. Or Comfortis. And Comfortis. I don't see Comfortis anymore, really. It's kind of fell, fallen off since uh, Trifexis came out. Well, Comfortis for cats we used to use, actually, oh, sure. but that was a pill you had to give the cat, which, <laughs> so that's the Cheristin being like, it's like, a, it's like a topical Comfortis, that's a huge score. Yes, yes, and I think it works as well as the oral does. Yeah. So that that would be my advice to her. I think once Pervecto comes out, I think it's going to be, or obviously you've seen it, but once it's out, that's going to be a huge plus. So flea control, flea control, flea control, and, you know, just call your vet and get them in for that. One Praziquantol injection, it should clear it out from, from your kitties. And also treat the home. You know, a lot of these chronic recurring cases is, you know, first off, a lot of folks don't realize it takes three months to break the free life, the flea life cycle in the home. You know, you have to stop the their ability to reproduce, which means, you know, constant treatment for three months at least. I would say in this household forever, even through yeah. winter. Well, yeah, you're in South Carolina, so yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And then... um I would one one powerful tool that 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 I have uh, learned from some of my pesticide friends. <laughs> uh, non toxic is the borax treatment for the carpets. Have you ever done that? Mm-mm. Or recommended it? So borax is boric acid, super safe, super super safe for people, super super safe for pets. Um, I remember I used to get uh, these little pimples in my eye when I was a kid called styes, and mm-hmm. the ophthalmologist had me flush my eyes with boric acid. You know, as a as a preventive and as a, a treatment. Uh, so if you can flush your eyes with it, you can imagine the safety of it, right? Um, but you take the Borax product, you sprinkle it on your carpets, brush it in for about 10 or 15 minutes, then vacuum it up. Very powerful insect growth li- regulator and helps to uh, keep those fleas from having babies. Huh, because I, I always just uh, advocate vacuuming. That vacuuming was... alone is sure. huge. <laughs> because what I always explain, in, in, in a flea brain... There's two things a flea looks for when it wants an 
an animal, which is a meal to them. And that's warmth and vibration. Those are the two physical factors that a flea can detect. They don't look at your cat and say, oh, look, there goes Fluffy. You know, they're like warmth, vibration equals food. So your vacuum is warm and it vibrates. So to the flea brain, your vacuum is your cat. And it actually attracts fleas to the vacuum. So I tell people, even if you have hardwood floors, laminate, whatever, vacuum because you want that warmth and you want that vibration to kind of draw the fleas out. And sometimes you can even get the flea eggs to hatch and draw them out, too. So that alone is huge. And I always tell people to vacuum where it's hard to vacuum, move the furniture, do it where it's dark, under the couch, under the bed, all those kinds of places. And um Anywhere, like I said, anywhere. If you're going to throw your back out vacuuming, vacuum there. Um, and then that's, uh, but that's the best thing to do. And then blame you later. But, um, but yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. So recurrent tapeworms, most likely from recurrent fleas. But I also want to give the caveat that with cats, and tell me, Dr. Roger, if you find the same thing, but dogs, if a dog has fleas, you'll see it nine times out of ten. Cats are tough because they groom. And I'll have a cat that I will bet you my right arm has fleas and I'll be darned if I can't find one. I wholeheartedly agree. Okay. It's not just me. I'm not blind. Right. Now, they're such fastidious (laughs) groomers. But here, you know, the kicker for me is, you know, hair loss around the neck and around the butt, bumps around the neck and around the butt, rest of the body's fine. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Like, there's fleas. We just can't find them right now. Yeah. I can't prove it, but it's sure. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of people are like, well, my cat doesn't have fleas. And I'm like, guys, it might just be one or two fleas in your house. I'm not saying you're infested, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's all it takes is the cats, and cats get more tapeworms because they groom, they swallow the flea, and that's how they get the tapeworms. Where dogs, yeah, they, you know, they lick and chew and bite, but cats are just so much more licky, you know. Um, they're, if there's a flea on them, your cat's going to get it in its system somehow. It's unavoidable. They're such fastidious so. groomers, you know. Way more, way more than dogs. They're more flexible. They can get, yeah. you know, the fleas love to feed around the butt. Not every dog yep. can chew it, chew its butt. Many can, but not all of them. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's a skinny on Diplidium caninum, a.k.a. the flea tapeworm. Now, the next tapeworm I'd like to discuss, I'm going to ask you to really weigh in on this one, Dr. Karen, because I see maybe two or three of these a year, and I just know how to treat it <laughs> as far yeah. as... The life cycle and pathophysiology and all that good stuff. I'm going to defer to your expertise. Well, and I'm surprised you don't see it more. So the other uh, family of tapeworm we see is tinea, um, and it infects mainly cats. And it's it's going to be the outdoor cat. Or if your house is really mouse infested, I guess it could be your indoor cat, but then your cat is flunking. Um, But um, it's usually the outdoor cats that are avid hunters. And if your cat catches mice and brings them to you intact – that's not a cat that's going to get tapeworms, the, the tinea type. Um, it has to actually consume the mouse guts to get that kind of a tapeworm. So um, the good news is it looks really similar when they poop them out. So tapeworms are tapeworms. It's not like we need to differentiate which one. Um, and treatment is the same. I know you mentioned you like doing the prosequantal shot. Um, I actually like, I love actually Profender. Oh, my gosh. It's another topical. It goes on just like the flea stuff, and it treats tapeworms and cats, and it is the best invention since man's trip to the moon, in my opinion. What's the <laughs> so, active ingredient? I remember you've mentioned it before. What's the active yeah, ingredient in that? You know, I don't, I don't have a box right here. I, I don't know. I should look. But it works. It's effective. And if you've ever had to give Drontal, which is the typical pill that we use for treating tapeworms, 
it is a horse pill and putting it down these cats throats is awful. So when the liquid came out, it cost more, but vets, owners, cats all agree. We're like for $8 more, we'll do the <laughs> liquid. We go on the back, say, have a nice day. So yeah, and honestly, I'll have to look up um, what the active ingredient is. It's not Prezzyquantil. It's a derivative of. Okay. That, that absorbs through the skin and yeah. is just as effective. Yeah. yeah. It's the bomb. <clears throat> so really prevention um is there really any way to prevent tinea well keep your cat inside yeah i think That's they all should it. be inside anyway yep i said yeah, exactly. it. outdoor cat people they should all be inside nobody would oh, say it's be- acceptable to let your dog just open the door and let him wa- wander wherever he wants i don't well, think I- the same should apply to cats I do have many owners, though, who have a fenced-in yard, and they love to go outside, work in their garden, and their cat's there with them, and I think that's fine. That cat in the fenced-in yard next to their owner is not going to get hit by a car, you know, <laughs> or not, you know. How um, cats stay in the yard, though, for real? Yeah, I, I have many that it's crazy. that They're, like, kind of scaredy cats and, like, a friend. And I'm like, hey, I have some that take them on a harness and leash, too. But I'm like, you know what? That's awesome. Let them get some fresh air and, mm-hmm. you know. But um, the whole roaming the neighborhood, you know, is – not yeah, shortening the life of your cat, but um, not to mention wreaking havoc on wildlife unnecessarily because you feed them at home; they don't need to go out for a meal. Yeah. So, but here's one thing about the um, the outdoor cats who are hunting and more at risk of getting tapeworms. Where do these cats usually poop? Outside. Yeah. Not in a litter box. Right. So these cats might have tapeworms that you never see. Yep. Because you never see their poop. Great point. So, um, I think there's a lot more these outdoor cats with tapeworms, like you said, Dr. Roger, you don't see very many. I think they're there. They just don't get diagnosed. Sure. Because their poops in the woods somewhere, you know? Agreed. <laughs> so, yeah, agreed. That's, um, that's a very, very good point. Um, I do have a few indoor, outdoor, indoor, outdoor cats that, you know, as part of our wellness profile that or program where you get complimentary vaccines, you have to do a fecal. You're right. And they honestly no can't get one, one probably. And sometimes they're like, I can't get one. So yeah. Yeah. I have many owners that they're, they're like, I, I want one. I promise I do. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I, I believe you. Right. So, but no, so that part's maddening. And um, one more thing real quick before we move on is nowadays when I diagnose an animal with fleas, I give them the tapeworm spiel because it's only a matter of time. I don't treat the tapeworm then because we have to get rid of the fleas first. Right. Otherwise, We'll just be treating again anyway, so what's the point? But um, anyway, anymore, I'm like, and when you see those little gross little white things, don't panic. Just call me, and we'll be good. So yeah, and the um, so there's the there's the whole happy medium that we can you know do here in Florida. That's easy, especially easier, let's say, because I don't know. I've never I've I've never had an indoor outdoor cat that wouldn't jump that fence in a heartbeat and and obviously they exist but i i would venture to say they're probably the minority but maybe maybe florida cats are different i don't know they're more stimulated perhaps who knows i don't know but uh whatever the case here in florida and i have one we have the happy medium of the some people call them the bird cage i like to say the fancy word the lanai so you know come actually already uh the, the mosquitoes are not good. <laughs> and so you want to be able to sit out on your porch, hang out in your, by your hot tub, be in the pool, spend time outside, you know, around dusk, maybe around, you know, early in the morning or whatever, have your coffee. But the mosquitoes are ridiculous. So we got these cool structures that surround your whole pool. They also serve as a, the equivalent of sunblock 15. 
That's a nice, oh, nice. sunburn version. And you get to be outside without dealing with insects, which is wonderful. And our cats could be outside without having to deal with wildlife and other things. But they still can get tapeworm number three, which is Spirometra, because we have these little lizards um, everywhere. <laughs> uh, there's salamanders, there's geckos, there's all manner of little lizards here in Florida. It's kind of cool, you know, but they, they do have a way of sneaking into the lanai. You can't keep them out of your lanai. They don't creep me out at all. They're kind of funny, but they're cat. The cats, oh, they will they will go after those lizards. <laughs> uh, we also have these little little toads and frogs, and basically all of these reptiles are the carrier of Spirometra. How often do you see that up up in your neck of the woods? Yeah, zero, never. never I, I had your, forgotten what Spiro. I had forgotten what Spirometra was until we started talking. It's a thing I learned at vet school, and I practiced in New Jersey, and then. St. Louis, and that is something that we never ever see. Yeah, in my three years in New York, I never saw one. And uh, yeah, I came down here and I saw like four in my first month. And uh, <laughs> these you will find grossly, you know, most commonly, but we do actually get spirometra eggs occasionally. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have do. a positive fecal that's official. Yeah. Positive fecal. We know, you know, it's a dealio. And uh, I like when we do catch them. And the owner doesn't have to go through the unfortunate experience of seeing these monstrosity, ugly, de- they, they're so gross looking. <laughs> it looks like something out of Godzilla. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, the, you know, they, they can get as large as 60 millimeters, right? So that, that's in the tapeworm world quite large. Yeah. Um, they, they can get as wide as uh, a half a centimeter to a full centimeter, which is freaking crazy. <laughs> Yeah, Um, that's really wise. Yeah, so ugly. But again, not terribly harmful. Very, very treatable. Not really preventable, you know, because unless unless you keep your your cat fully indoors. But you know, I'm not going to deny my cats the ability to be out on the lanai and bask in the you know the sun and enjoy enjoy being in the outdoors. It's um, you know, if they get spirometra, it's treatable. I'm not going to worry about it too much. Yeah. Why would you? Right. So here's a shot. You're all better. <laughs> well, I had a patient uh, we were doing an exam on, and um, uh, the year before, the owners had just adopted him, and this dog had every parasite known to God. Like, you name the parasite, it was in this dog. Like, when you can do just a straight poop smear, no float, no nothing, and see whipworms, that's when you know the dog has a lot of parasites. Wow, yeah. So anyway, so the year later, we're just coming back doing his annuals, and he's doing great. And I'm looking him over, and I'm like, oh, my God, he has tapeworms again. And then there's like, how? They're religious about the flea stuff. He he goes out on a leash. You know, I mean, like, there's nothing. And I'm like, yeah, there's this little grain of rice-looking stuff on his butt. And we're just, like, racking our brain, racking our brain. And I look again, and I was like, did you guys have Chinese food in the last few days? Oh, my God. It was actually rice <laughs> on the dog's butt. It was actually rice. That's <laughs> it was so real funny. rice. So, anyway, I was like... Well, false alarm, but after his whole history of the prior year at being Parasite Central, you know. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it can be real rice. Don't try it by tasting, but <laughs> you could. Yeah. Maybe anyway. look at the history of what they may have consumed. <laughs> yes, look or for the, the motion or lack consumed. thereof. Yeah. That's funny, man. Ew. I know. Thank God they're really nice owners because I felt really dumb. I was like, oh, or he could just have rice on his butt. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, uh. It, this particular, the lady that emailed us, she said, 
um, re- she said the statement, resurgence of wiggly rice st- stuck on our cat's butt hairs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. That's funny. Oh, but um, but to answer her, to really clarify, I know um, when she emailed, her main question was, can I get tapeworms? And our short answer is no, <laughs> not from your cats, not from fleas. You know, if you if you eat fleas or if you go and eat raw mice, I would suggest therapy uh, more than a uh, <laughs> tapeworm treatment. Yeah, in fact, but uh, uh, her last statement is, "Oh my God, I don't want to be the girl with tapeworms. Help!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So no, no worries there. Sometimes. You're more likely to get tapeworms from like there's all these weird, bizarre ones that, and like undercooked pork and stuff. That that's the ones that people actually get, not the ones. It's a whole different species, whole different everything. Not so. our expertise. No, nope, not our not our game. Yep. So find a medical podcast for that one. <laughs> anyway. Not medical, a human medical. You know, real doctors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just the fake doctors. But yeah, but don't you can love on your cats, clean the litter box, everything just fine. No worries. Well, very nice, Laura or Lauren. Thank you for emailing and inspiring our topic, Karen. Thank you for writing that article. Hey, what uh, a weird coincidence! It's it so is. You had, we had to move on it, and uh, we we will talk about knees at some point. I can't guarantee it'll be next time. Some other divine serendipitous moment may occur where <laughs> yeah. our topic is chosen for us, but we will get there. It's one of my favorite subjects, and I look forward to talking about it. So maybe next time. Hopefully. So now you realize that all the people who want to hear about knees, like no one's going to write in because they're like, don't write in and mess it up. He needs to do knees. <laughs> well, actually, I want so. to invite those questions to increase the likelihood that we'll have that serendipitous moment where <laughs> we'll talk about knees. So um, it's so funny because my whole staff knows, Dr. Welton, we got a rare limb lameness and it's a two-year-old pit bull. Sounds like an ACL to me. I'm like... I'm like a magnet for them. <laughs> I tell you know my I get so many more than my associate, and it, it's all by luck, you know. Um, it's pretty funny, but we'll discuss that more when when that particular uh, time comes. Very nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. It's been, and let me just say this is this is this is not me. Even though I was saying how crazy busy my life was last few times, he was Mister Busy. So get mad at him. Don't get I'm mad always Mister Busy. That's never going to change. <laughs> You just gotta, you just gotta nail me, you know, nail me down like you did. Hey, can you podcast today? <laughs> I can. <laughs> yes. Well, then, and then he'll pick a day, and then I'll be like, sure, and forget because I'm awesome. But hey, <laughs> dude, when it's seventy degrees for three weeks in February, I am like walking my dogs, riding my bike, doing everything, and then I'm like, oh, I actually have a job, <laughs> so. <laughs> Kind of a buzzkill, <laughs> and you know it's un- it, it's understandable. You know what we're gonna do when when we make it big with the podcast, we'll get personal assistance, so we'll never forget our dates and always have that pencil down. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I bid you a pleasant evening, and let's not let too much time go to talk again. Amen, brother. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.